How did an intelligent, well-adjusted young man end up 25 miles off of a route he had traveled countless times? What caused the abrupt end of his phone call with his parents? And what did police eventually find? Tonight, we'll discuss all of this and much more as we cover the mysterious disappearance of Brandon Swanson. I'm Mike. I'm Ian. And I'm Dave. If you fancy yourself an amateur sleuth, pay attention and stick around. Maybe you can help solve a mystery. This is Necronomapod. Going through this and so close to your son, but so far from your son. Yeah, um, you know, as, as, you know, as Brandon tried to explain to us where his location was, and he was extremely sure of himself. He, he felt confident in, in where he was at. Um, and that we were the ones that were confused about, you know, how to get to him. And as the conversation went on, as the minutes ticked by, you know, it, it, it came to a point where as long as Brandon was on the phone, as long as he was talking, as long as we had contact, it was okay. We would be okay. So we had our... Uh first sponsorship event we had uh that old wrestling show this past um well last friday by the time people hear this yeah in cleveland we were proud to be a, a sponsor of that and uh good time we had a, i think we had a, a blast doing that Fun yeah show it's a good time yeah you guys got to be in the ring we did well you as well pal yeah yeah i don't know if you remember you were in there too <laughs> <laughs> dave had himself a night had a good time great time it was a weird night. It went from like zero to a hundred out of nowhere. Yeah. Cause I got, I did a weed on the way down cause I was the DD. Naughty, naughty. So by the time I sobered up, everybody just all of a sudden just seemed really hammered out of nowhere. <laughs> it was a slow build, but yeah, we got yeah. there. Probably read, that would have made sense. We were just kind of cross paths as you were coming down. Yep. We were on our way up. Just Brew Jared said something to me that I have no idea what he said. It was complete. <laughs> it was not English at all. He had come from a golf outing <laughs> yeah. that day. So he had been drinking since like 8 a.m. And then now 15 hours later. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, I was sitting there trying to get my spicy uh, chicken sandwich. And he came up and said something to me. And I'm like, all right, man. Yeah, sure. <laughs> cool. Cool. Good <laughs> stuff, bro. <laughs> so my favorite part of the night, though, we're driving home in uh, out of nowhere. You, th- Dave, you threw up. I was I, not feeling. Well. I don't even understand what happened because you made a joke. We're walking down the sidewalk. You made a joke. This was before we got into the car, like leaving yeah. the venue. You, we were joking around, and then all of a sudden, you were just throwing up. I'm yeah, like, what, how know. did that happen? I don't know. I just wasn't feeling great. I didn't eat dinner, maybe. I don't know. I didn't drink that much, so I, I don't know. Yeah, it was weird. It happens to me sometimes. So we're driving home, or so I'm driving home, and Dave, you're making some sounds. It sounds like you might get sick again. <laughs> Somehow, we start talking about distracting you, and then... Mike, you started saying, what song? What song? God was bless that? America. Yeah. At the top of my lungs, I start belting out. Oh, God. God bless America. Because we're sitting, we, we took my car. So you were driving my car home because yeah. we, we had a big group that fit everybody. And I'm in the very back behind Dave. And I just start screaming this because <laughs> we had to distract him was my mindset. And Dave goes, you got to stop screaming in my ear. He's but like, he said it very stern. Well, he was like, like, he had his hand on like the, the armrest. And was like, yeah, I was trying to cover my fucking ear because I'm jagged. <laughs> no, I think you were holding your head up, pal. <laughs> and then I'm, I'm singing and trying to distract. And all of a sudden, he's like, 
Yeah, you got to stop screaming in my ear. <laughs> now, I wasn't right at his ear. I was still behind him a row, but you were singing I was pretty singing, loud. I was though. singing loud. It felt like you were inside my ear <laughs> drum. <laughs> I was just cracking up driving. Yeah. Ridiculous. And uh, well, it worked because he didn't throw up in my car. Whether it was the anger or my beautiful vocals mm-hmm. or just the patriotic, uh, you know, pride we all felt when I'm hearing me sing that, he did not throw up, luckily. <laughs> I thought someone was throwing up for sure. Between him and Just Brew Jared, for sure, I thought. Just Brew Jared was also making some weird noises and kind of rambling. He was talking in his, his passed outness. Yeah, talking in his sleep back there. The only thing that could have revived us at that point was Taco Bell, which we went to. Yeah, we did. We had to try those new Mexican pizzas that everyone was raving about. <laughs> and not great. No. I, still <laughs> don't, I still don't get the hype. There are so many better things on a Taco Bell menu than that shit. If you like refried beans, sure, because it is that caked on to a hard taco shell that they ironed out. Mm. Yeah, it's not good. No, I wanted to. The world is better off if you can take a Taco Bell menu and add a delicious A plus Mexican pizza to it. (laughs) You can't. It's not bad, but I would never order it when you can get a cheesy gordita crunch or a chicken quesadilla or almost anything else. Mm. B minus item, maybe C plus. I door dashed Taco Bell last night. I bet you didn't get a Mexican pizza. It did not. See? I got the uh, the Chalupa meal. Also better. There you go. I still haven't tried it, so. Well, you were in no position to be eating anything at that point. Nope. Yeah, that was a smart call by you. Good time, though. Hell of a time. Fun night. Met a couple fans. We did yeah, have that was uh, neat. our first fan encounter. Yeah. Good times. Mike, any truth to the rumor that we couldn't put out a show last week because... Your penis stayed hard all weekend after being in the wrestling ring, and you could not make it into the studio. You had to have the blood withdrawn from your erect penis at the hospital. I can I can confirm right now that is not true. Okay, the I heard that rumor going. The around. wrestling show was at the end of the week, so we would have already had to have recorded. Uh, so that is not true. Okay. You know, as much as I enjoyed it, I'm not sure I enjoyed it as much as Ian did. What's at the ring? Ian in the ring. It was a surreal experience for me, but I also, you were, like you said, sobering up by that point. Yeah, I was sober. I was hammered. I barely remember getting in the ring. Oh, really? Yeah. Like, I mean, I remember it, but like, I, you know, I didn't appreciate it as much as I probably could have. Whereas I think you took it in. Oh, yeah, for sure. Especially how the ropes felt. I'm surprised you didn't hit Dave and I both with a clothesline and turn on us (laughs) in the middle of the ring. We didn't even belong in that ring to begin with. No, I actually felt bad. Like, sure didn't. If I was a trained wrestler, I'd be like, why are these fucking assholes doing in that ring? Like, I busted my ass to, you know, be able to do this shit. These drunk guys, you know, sponsor a show. They get to walk in the ring. Yeah. But don't get me wrong. uh, I was very happy. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, that was cool. And I'm glad that no none of the wrestlers came out and beat the fuck out of us for being in the ring. <laughs> I was debating how to get out of the ring. Like, do I go out between the first and second rope or do I get down and roll under? No, you do the middle top rope. Yeah. Well, that's why I did. Yeah. But yeah, I think that's what I did. Because I didn't want to trip too and like fucking fall. <laughs> I know you kept saying that too, David, that you didn't want to fall. It's very conscious about not falling on the ground. <laughs> You imagine like you go and like your the, your your second foot catches the middle rope and yeah. like you face plant down out of the ground. That's what I was. Someone gets of. a photo of just your your Kanye's up in the air. Like <laughs> I'm very clumsy. I did not want that to happen because there was no steps. No, no, it was just hopping down. Yeah, that, that was, was pretty cool. cool. That was really cool. Yeah. So I don't know. Good time. We enjoyed it. 
happy to do it again sometime. Uh, hopefully next time old wrestling runs a show, we'll do it again. For sure. Yeah. I, w- I would go to those shows even if we weren't a sponsor. Though. I mean, we have done that. Yeah. Know? It's just fun. Even if you're not a wrestling fan, I think you would enjoy going to one of those shows. It's just yeah, very yeah. entertaining yeah. the way they do it. Yeah. Oh, most definitely. Yeah, there's some comedy. It's, you know. Wrestle, wrestle, put them in a pretzel. The greatest <laughs> phrase of all time. I wanted, I went out, like, to the second match, I had to go, obviously, take a piss break. And it's right across from the merch tables. And they had this yellow shirt that in, like, blue lettering said, wham, bam, body slam, old wrestling. And I wanted one so bad. They were sold out of, like, every size except, like, a small. Mm, we should have bought them when we walked in and There's, saw them. Yeah. We should have. What are you going to do? Maybe next time. Maybe we can buy them online, probably. They'll restock or something. Do you remember getting the, the sweepers over? Yes, yeah. I wanted to get them. And then they had a match. <laughs> it was great. So, but after every match, they had two guys, like old-timey guys with their little, uh, what are those hats called? The, um, oh, not derbies. Yeah. Like the newsboy cap? Yeah, like a newsboy cap. And they would wear like white uh, tank tops with like the, old, the uh, suspenders and the baggy <laughs> pants. And they'd come in and they'd sweep the ring out after every match. And like, I would just start chanting, sweep, 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 sweep. <laughs> and I think at one point it got over a little bit. But yeah, some they, other people started chanting. Yeah, and then they ended up having a match that <laughs> night. It's like a two-on-one. They got jobbed out, but <laughs> it was that was so much fun. So, you know, it was not fun reading the notes of this story. I was glad he did the right outline, so that helped. <laughs> yeah, this, this is a make good. <laughs> this was supposed to be the May Brandon Swanson episode, and then what you ended up doing, Brandon Lawson, and yes. Which I guess the listeners aren't going to care because they love the missing person story. So now they got two in two months. Yeah, two popular ones. Yeah. Let's get into it. This one's intriguing. Brandon Swanson was born on January 30th, 1989 to Brian and Annette Swanson in Marshall, Minnesota. Brandon lived at home with his parents and his sisters, and he kept a job at a high V grocery store for four years. He graduated high school in 2007 And in August of 2007, he started attending Minnesota West Technical Community College in Canby, Minnesota. And he was studying in their wind energy program. Brandon was real big into renewable energy and he wanted to expand on that. So he enrolled at Iowa Western Community College and planned to start in 2008. This program would end up leading him to a bigger four-year college and his goal of what it sounded like or what I believe was that uh, he was going to be an engineer regarding wind turbine energy. Sounds interesting, right? Yeah. Kind of a cool field of study. I think so. Um, Getting into a bit more about Brandon, uh, multiple projects and search efforts relating to finding him added the following saying quote, Brandon enjoys a good debate. A friend of his said there was no point in arguing with Brandon because he always won. He always knew his position the facts, and how to make his case. Brandon enjoys politics, history, and music. He often watched CNN, the History Channel, and Discovery Channels. He is also an avid reader with a mind like a sponge. Everything he took in, he retained. We would find him sitting on the couch for hours reading. Everything from gnomes and string theory to religion and science fiction. He also enjoys sports and has a special liking for the Minnesota Twins, whether they're winning or not. Brandon has a strong sense of family. He purposefully made time to be with his grandparents and parents, whether he was helping reside a garage or just along for the ride. 
He helped out his family as much as he could, even when he wasn't sure they deserved help, saying, quote, they're family, and that's what you do for family. Seems like a nice young man, huh? Yeah. Going places, got really good grades, well-read, smart. Yeah. On Tuesday, May 13th, 2008, classes had just wrapped up at Minnesota West, and Brandon was going to get together with some friends to celebrate. The get-together he was going to was in a town called Lind, which is about seven miles from where Brandon's parents live in Marshall. According to his friends, at this party, Brandon wasn't drunk. This is just me completely speculating, but what it sounds like is his friends were just giving him the eye test kind of thing. He wasn't acting drunk, and when you're just hanging out, yeah, you're not going to count like how many beers your friends are having. One other friends that have been drinking all night, not always the best judge of who and who is not intoxicated, right? Right. So they're not saying he didn't drink. They're just saying he wasn't drunk. Right. Based on what they saw. Yeah, based on what they saw. And we're talking about all 18, 19-year-olds. Yeah. So amateur drinkers. Just getting into the game. Yeah. Yeah, like well, con- I was a professional. Like the con- <laughs> I was just say, like the kind that would puke after a three-hour wrestling show in the parking lot. <laughs> By eighteen, at eighteen, nineteen, I would have been like this, like him. I was very much an amateur with drinking. Yeah, I was not drinking little kings at age four, like Dave over here was putting like a little uh, nipple on the top of the, the bottle, drinking it, smoking a camel unfiltered. <laughs> Watching Looney Tunes. The first time I got drunk was in eighth grade, I believe, on a bottle of peach schnapps. Well, that Ooh. sounds about right. Sure. And have you had peach schnapps since? No, I haven't. Yeah. That's one of those. Things I don't want to have it. I feel like that would ruin it forever. <laughs> yeah. I always had the worst stuff at that age, right? Yeah, you just or get what you whatever. Farm right? garbage yeah. and oh yeah, we stole the schnapps. Yeah, me and my friend stole that off. Someone like yeah. a parent or something. Who's going to miss their peach schnapps? So that's yeah. the stuff you can get your hands on. And Boone's right? Farm, a dollar nineteen. Like, <laughs> let's go buy another one, pal. I'm stealing this. I'm stealing this, this green apple Boone's Farm. That's the color of a green highlighter that exploded. <sighs> so between ten thirty and eleven p.m., Brandon left that party in Lind to go to another party in Canby, which was like a farewell party for a friend that was going to go to another college. The drive from Lynn to Canby is about 35 miles, so around 40 minutes to get there. It's not clear how long Brandon stayed there. Based on reports, it sounds like he just made an appearance, did a shot of whiskey with those friends, and then headed out to go home in Marshall. And this would have been sometime after midnight. No one said that he drank any beers there. He just did this one shot mm. of whiskey, according to people. specifically said he didn't drink any beers, or they just said, we don't know, but he did do a shot of whiskey. Yeah, it sounded like, again, no one's counting. Right. And beers. that's fine. I yeah. just clarifying, like, did anyone come out and say, no, he didn't drink? Or they're just like, no, it's, we didn't fucking pay attention, because why would you? Yeah, it sounds like we didn't pay attention, but we did do a shot of whiskey together. Yeah. It's a long round trip, too, to be going to all those parties. I was thinking the same thing. Yeah, it's a far drive for yeah, like your own cross, you know, yeah. from here to there. I mean, I'm thinking like I'm going to at least have a DD and I'll be fucking drinking the whole time. Yeah, that's a long way to cross, I, I guess, is my point of you drinking even a little bit. But again, you know, being the good guy, wanting to be a good uh, family member, maybe he wanted to be a good friend and make his appearances at the the farewell parties. Yeah. You know, it seems like that could be fitting for his character. Brandon was very familiar with this drive. He made the drive from Canby to his home in Marshall daily for school. The whole drive is done on one road because the two towns are connected by State Highway 68. 
Somewhere along his travels home, Brandon accidentally drove his car into a ditch. After trying multiple times to get it out, Brandon called his friends for help. No one was answering, so at 1.54 a.m., Brandon called his parents for help. He told his parents that his car wasn't damaged and he wasn't hurt. He just needed help getting out of the ditch. Again, this is just me speculating, um, but the fact that it took him so long to call his parents was probably based off of not wanting to piss them off. Like, you know, fuck, I've been drinking. I'm out way later than I probably should have been or that I told people I was going to be out Mm -hmm. and... Now I drove my car into a ditch. Maybe he was waiting to sober up a little bit before calling his parents. That's also true as well. Yeah. There were some reports, too, that he had gotten pulled over for underage drinking before. Mm. So that could have also been part of it. Like That wasn't confirmed, but just... I just saw some reports of it. Yeah. And that would have been, like, another... Because then you're underage drinking, plus DUI. You know, you never know what what they're going to... Sure, sure. Brandon's parents told him that they would be right there. And based on the directions that Brandon gave them, his father assumed he knew exactly where Brandon was, which was a 10 minute drive from their house in Marshall. Once they got there, they didn't see Brandon's car. So his parents called him. Brandon was like, yeah, I don't see you guys. So his parents started honking their horn and flashing their lights. Brandon said that he wasn't seeing them to which his parents questioned if he sent them in the right direction. His parents told Brandon that they were in the spot he directed them to and that Brandon should flash his lights through the phone. His parents could hear Brandon flashing his lights, which was like that clicking sound, but they couldn't see him, which they definitely should have because this area was nothing but flat fields. So if they were in the vicinity, they would have known. Yeah. And And, and it's all familiar area for them, right? Like they, they know the area well, so they know, Oh, we would be seeing his lights. He, he knows he'd be seeing ours, right? Like it's, it's not like they're on some back roads that they, they're not familiar with. Yeah. I, his dad said what was described to him sounded like it was 10 minutes away. Yeah. And the fact that they're just able to know that based on description. Right. Like they're, they're familiar. Brandon's parents stayed on the phone with him the entire time they were searching for him. And uh, Brandon started getting irritated. He was sure that he had accurately described his location to his parents and he couldn't figure out why they just couldn't follow his directions. And they kept insisting they were exactly where Brandon told them to go. But he was certain that they were the ones that were confused and him getting frustrated, reached a point and he hung up on his mom. She called him right back and apologized. And based on interviews with his parents and stuff, it sounds like a 19 year old kid thinking his parents are dumb. Like, where are you fucking guys? I told you exactly where I'm at. Yeah. Which also kind of leads me to believe then, like if he's getting frustrated and just like hanging up like typical 19 year old. He's probably not in a state of panic, right? Like, didn't sound like you're just at getting all, annoyed yeah. with your parents. Like, fucking find me. Why is this so difficult? I want to go home. You? Yeah. So, like, I don't feel like he's in danger at this point. He's just waiting to get picked up and annoyed. At that point, Brandon thought it would be easier for him to go find his parents. Brandon could see lights off in the distance, which he thought was the town of Lind. He told his parents to meet him in a parking lot of a bar they were all familiar with. So his father dropped Brandon's mother off back at home and went to meet Brandon at the bar. Brandon stayed on the phone with his father as he walked, updating him on where he was. Brandon said that he was walking along a gravel road and that he had taken a shortcut through a field. At one point, he mentioned that he could hear water running from somewhere nearby but couldn't see where it was coming from because it was so dark. He just kept walking towards what he assumed were the lights of Lind. 
A little after 2.30 a.m., Brandon's father heard Brandon say, oh, shit, and the call disconnected. His father tried to call back six times real quick, just one after another, but the calls were going straight to voicemail. Brandon's father drove up and down that stretch of highway multiple times, but there was no sign of Brandon. His parents started calling some of Brandon's friends, and his friends came out to help look for him. Throughout the night, they drove down side roads looking for Brandon's car with no luck. After doing this for hours, they decided to head to that bar in Lind to see if Brandon had somehow made it there while they were searching. There was no sign of Brandon at the bar, and at this point, it was 6.30 a.m., so his parents called the Lind Police Department to report Brandon is missing. It's really strange. It's eerily similar to that other Brandon Lawson. It is very similar. It's very strange. On the cell phone the whole time, yeah. and all of a sudden, just yeah. gone. It's like, I'm here. I'm, I hear you. Where was that one? That was Texas, right? Yeah. This one's Minnesota. But both areas completely flat, just really remote. Yeah. Yeah, there's something off with this story. Like, it just doesn't add up. Because, yeah, it's a, everyone's like, yeah, we should see each other. Mm-hmm. Like, what is happening? Not in a strange place you're not familiar with. You're, you know, near your hometown that you've driven a thousand times. Right. In there's some speculation that he might have taken and we'll talk about where his car is found after the ad, but there's some speculation that he might've taken some back roads Mm -hmm. to avoid that, that trouble that he had gotten potentially have gotten in with drinking and driving before. Um, But these are all really small gravel roads out here. So if he took, you know, it's um, there's no street lights, you know, in those areas and things like that something that I was going to get into, you know, and we'll talk about it more later, but like, okay, you can make a case. Maybe he was driving under the influence and wanted to avoid that. And that's what got himself lost. But that doesn't necessarily explain his disappearance, right? Like just being drunk and being not on the right road. Okay. But now there's the separate story of you've been talking to your parents for two hours. And then all of a sudden that, Oh shit. Oh, most and the phone goes off. That's not just being drunk. Doesn't explain that. No, not at all. So it's like two separate things here. Like what happened that you got that far away? And then what happened at that point? You know, and are they connected? Yeah, right. The Lynn Police Department initially just straight up did not give a shit about what Brandon's parents had to say. The police told them that Brandon was an adult and he had every right to go missing or not come home if he wanted to. And his parents like, yeah, that's fine. But he called us for help. But like if he wanted to just ditch out, not come home, why would he call and ask for help? Do police not realize why they exist? Because <laughs> I feel like a lot of times they don't know what their purpose is. You know, and I feel like maybe in like some of these small towns where they don't ever have to deal with maybe major issues or crimes that, you know, when one kind of comes along, they don't take it seriously because they don't believe it's a major crime. Right. Like, I'm sure that's probably accurate sometimes. Yeah. And I'm not saying all the time, but I think, you know, that might be one of the reasons like they're just like, oh, them boys yeah. are just out. Hooting and hollering, drinking, <laughs> wrestling, well, causing well, trouble. This is Minnesota. You got to do your Canadian accent, right? <laughs> I can't do that one. But, you know, small town cops, the point being. Yeah. Barney Fife would have solved this in 12, <laughs> 12 minutes. It happens in more times than not, really, in every case we've talked about on here. You don't take things seriously. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's easy for, like, us to do. Like, just as, like, an everyday person, you're like, okay, yeah, whatever. He probably ran away from home. As a cop, you, you know, you would think you maybe you would probably take that more seriously. Like well, when this family's calling you like distressed, like, hey, yeah. something happened. 
so. the fact that he called for help from them right right it's like it's crazy <laughs> yeah. now a word from our sponsor better help life can be overwhelming and many people are burned out without even knowing it symptoms can include lack of motivation irritability fatigue and more we associate burnout with work but that's not the only cause any of our roles in life can lead us to feel burned out and BetterHelp Online Therapy wants to remind you to prioritize yourself. Talking with someone can help you figure out what's causing stress in your life. When I get burned out, my stress level skyrockets. This usually causes me to have crippling anxiety, which then prevents me from getting anything done. I often have to take time to stop, remind myself to breathe, and just relax. Talking with someone about how you're feeling can also help you out, more than you probably realize. Your mental health should be taken seriously. Nothing can cripple your day or stunt your motivation more than feeling depressed, anxious, or sad. We all have a lot to deal with in our daily lives, be it the struggles of work, keeping food on your table, or even paying the bills. Your mental health is one area that you shouldn't have to worry about. So whether life currently has you down, you're feeling unfulfilled, we're all experiencing our own form of strain in our mental health. And for that, BetterHelp is here for us. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist, so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you could be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. Necronomapod listeners get 10% off their first month at BetterHelp.com Necro. Again, that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot Necro. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash necro and thanks to better help for sponsoring today's podcast it's not clear how it happened or if brandon's parents knew someone that pulled some strings but a couple hours later police agreed uh, to file a missing persons report for brandon police searched around lind and pretty soon it became apparent to everyone that brandon was not in lind police got a hold of brandon's cell phone records and found that he wasn't anywhere near lind the calls Brandon made to his friends and his parents were out of Taunton, which is another small town along State Highway 68. Taunton is on the main route to Canby, but is northwest of Marshall and 25 miles away from Lind. I got a little visual map up here with my new laser pointer to help when we need uh, <laughs> reference material on the screen here. So Taunton here, we'll see, is right in the middle here. And we po- you're going to post this on socials, right, Mike? Yeah, this is the teaser picture we posted, actually. So the one we posted a few days ago, go check it out. I like this laser pointer. We might need to get a cat in here. It's the fuck. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I don't think Mike would be a fan of that. I, I, don't, need a, I don't need any cats in here. I'm a fan of the laser pen, though. <laughs> like we said, Taunton was nowhere near Lind. But it made sense that Brandon would have been close to it because he was traveling home from Canby. What didn't make sense at all is why he had still been in that area around 2 a.m. Leaving Canby on Highway 68 is a 13-mile drive to Taunton and would normally take about 15 minutes. From Taunton, Brandon only had another 17 miles to go before he would be in Marshall. If Brandon left Canby shortly after midnight, like his friend said, somehow it took him almost two hours to drive only 13 miles. But didn't we say it was possible he might have been sitting around sobering up before he called the parents? So he may have crashed much earlier. Yeah. Police found Brandon's car in a ditch off of a gravel road about a mile north of Highway 68. They searched his car and found nothing that would indicate Brandon got hurt. Everything he told his parents was accurate besides his location. 
Police looked for evidence to show which way Brandon started walking, but they couldn't find any tracks or anything like that. So going in a ditch a mile, you know, north of the highway off a of gravel road leads me to believe he probably was on back roads. Yeah. And I and I almost wonder if he took a wrong turn, like a wrong back road and was like, fuck, I got to turn around real quick. And he went to turn and then just ended up in a ditch. That could be. Oh, that's a good thought. I didn't think of that. But how would he not know where he for someone so familiar that like if so if we're going to look at the map now. Does this translate onto audio? Probably not, but they can fucking pull it helps up the me visualize. They can pull up the social media. It's there. We're looking at Dave's map, uh, the one we posted a few days ago. So if you're driving from Canby down here, and so may, like these are all streets, I believe. So maybe you are going on some back roads, like all the said. little like squares yeah. there. there and I zoomed in close yeah. or on an actual map earlier, and it does look like these are all crossroads. Yeah, it's all in grid patterns too. It's really kind of weird. Yeah, I mean that's very neat. So they find his car here, but in his conversations with his parents, it seems more like he's down here because Lynn is all the way down here. So if he thinks he sees Lynn from somewhere down here and he's going to walk towards it, how does this guy who's actually here think he's way down here? I mean, you could be inebriated. What did got, his parents say? Did he sound intoxicated on the phone? No. I not assumed at all, right? not because we said he waited a long time to call. Dave, you brought up maybe he sobered up. Yeah. And I assumed we would have heard if they were like, oh, he didn't sound like himself. And there's theories and stuff about, oh, maybe he was doing some drugs with his friends. You know, they were experimenting with some shit or something. But I would almost think by this point, you know, we're how many years out from this that one of his friends would have said, Okay, yeah, we were doing some drugs that night. Yeah. You know, but everyone has stuck to their story that everyone was just having a couple beers and stuff like that. I just don't know how you can be so disoriented to think that you're so far down there, but you're actually way up there. It's a place that he's familiar with that he drove daily. Right. Because I'm really bad with directions. Uh, no, we, we it's know, been well we established. Sure. So there was one time where I was when I was down in Steubenville, right? And I was um driving to my dad's in Chardon, Ohio, which is outside of Cleveland. So I would be going north up the state of Ohio and I'm, I'm just driving along. Like I'm cruising, listening to the radio and shit, just hanging out. All of a sudden I start seeing uh, welcome signs. To, welcome to Tennessee. Well, I started seeing signs for Mountaineer in West Virginia. <laughs> I'm like, how the fuck did I end up in West Virginia? So it's possible to do some, do some shit like that, but not if you're familiar with it daily. Yeah. I guess. Because if I would have gone missing and someone found my car, they'd be like, okay, he was driving to Chardon. How the fuck was he in West Virginia? That's but a we good also, point, But we also probably would have brought up during any all of that. Yeah, he was directionally challenged at times. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. nobody has ever said that about Brandon. True. Like, right. if, if, the, if we're having an investigation, yeah, I'm going to bring up, hey, by the way, Ian fucking gets lost. Right. <laughs> So it's not out of the realm of possibility that he got turned yeah. around. Like there's but that was not said. I agree with that. A lot of people are like that though. They're just challenged. Like they don't like I always know where I'm at. I always know where north is. You know what I mean? Right. A lot of and people that's not to say that it's get lost very people easily. that aren't. But you would just think that would have been brought up at this point. And it wasn't. I Somebody think, I think that's that. logical, yeah. Yeah, by all accounts, he knew where he was going. Yeah. And even the elapsed time he must have known when he left this party to when he crashed, whereabouts you would be. Like, this distance more or less is, for us, the same as driving from Cleveland. 
mm-hmm. home. Right. On like it's one quick stretch down I seventy one. Right. And kind of based on the lapse time, how long you've been driving, you should be able to know where you're at. Right. And know when you're not on that path anymore. Right. But again, that's also a big interstate that's lit up. True. A lot of this True. probably, you know, wasn't like we said. And the other thing we don't fully know too is what lights did he see? Like what town did he think he was walking towards? Because it's obviously not Lind. Taunton, probably, right? Or Porter. Or Porter. Yeah, if he got turned around. Looking at the map that we posted a few days ago, based on that black X where his car was found, where was he walking? Because the Porter Police Department, we're going to talk about them at the end, they kind of get involved too with searches in that area. Mm. Um, It's got to be one of those two. Yeah. But how could he possibly have thought he was near Lind? I don't, it doesn't make sense to me. Because he knew the bar too. Like he knew the name of the bar. He's like, I'll meet you guys at this bar. And his dad's like, okay, yeah, Yeah. I'll pick you up in the parking lot. Very strange. Certainly is. So they launched a ground search um, with searchers concentrating on the area that had been pinpointed by Brandon's cell phone records. Helicopters flew over the area, bloodhounds were brought in, and they picked up on Brandon's scent quick. They followed a scent trail for nearly three miles past fields and headed in a west to northwest direction to an abandoned farm. And this is right in that Porter area where this is all taking place, like in between Taunton and and Porter. When they reached a certain point, their response seemed to show that Brandon had entered the river at that spot. The water ranged from knee high to around 15 feet. So the possibility that he drowned was completely within reason. The area along the two mile stretch of river was searched extensively. And if Brandon had drowned, his body would have been washed downstream, but searchers found nothing. And they actually like put some dams in this river as well. And like, you know, drained it to okay, find him. That makes sense. They found nothing. So police and everybody that was searching was pretty confident that he did not drown in that lake Mm. or in that river. The official search for Brandon was suspended after a week, but his family continued to search on their own on May 24th. And again, on June 7th, around a hundred volunteers joined Brandon's parents in searching areas to the South and East. Some of the searchers used ATVs to be able to cover more distance and others walked or rode horses, but no one found any sign of Brandon. They put together another search in the fall. Once all the fields in the area had been harvested, cadaver dogs were brought in and they seemed to be following a scent trail into an area to the northwest of the town of Porter. But they eventually lost the scent and nothing was found. So it makes sense if he was walking towards Porter then. Right. And that's where his his cell phones, he hit off off of a cell phone tower in between Porter and Taunton. Yeah, there you go. Somewhere in there. It's like using this laser. Somewhere in there. And that's (laughs) in between there is where his car was found. So that makes sense. Yeah. And he's closer to Taunton based on that. But still. Uh, They had set up a tip line. And by wintertime, they had brought in 90 leads, but none of them led to Brandon. Also, by winter, the search had involved 500 volunteers, 34 dog handlers from nine different states, but still nothing. And they brought in the the heavy hitter of search teams, uh, Texas Expo Search which they do every big name. Yeah, sure. Thing. What did we cover them on? Were they on one of the missing 411s? They came in the they did Casey Anthony. Did they? Unlike you, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they 
they sued the shit out of Casey Anthony too because she wasted their time and and their resources. Oh, when she led them her to her office at Disney. It's just straight up lying about everything. <laughs> it's like, what do you mean? I work here. Hey, Gail. She was saying dressed hi down to Friday. <laughs> there any pizza in the break room? <laughs> Imagine being one of those people. Or like this woman is like gaslighting the fuck out of everybody. <laughs> so that's really where everything is at with Brandon. The only other thing that's out there is that Brandon was added to the FBI's VICAP system. VICAP standing for Violent Criminal Apprehension Program. They list him as last being seen on May 14th, 2008. He's white, male, 19 years old at the time of disappearance, 5'6", 120 pounds, hair brown, eyes blue, left and right ears pierced, last seen wearing blue jeans and a t-shirt. They also made note that his car was found with the doors open and the keys were missing. Vicap is the only place where that little bit is reported. As in the doors open or unlocked? Open. Left open and the keys were gone, which is odd. It seemed odd. So of all the missing people in the U.S., you brought that up not that long ago when we did a missing persons one. Like, There's fucking tons of people that go missing a year. The FBI has 95 people currently on VICAP, which leads you to believe that someone in law enforcement, at least someone, thinks that some type of uh, foul play happened here. 95. There's 95 people on that. Wow. M- missing know, people. And we know of nothing specifically that would lead us to think there was foul play. Right. Other than theories, but right. and the fact nothing, that he's on. There's no evidence to support that necessarily that we are aware of. Right. So it's discretionary by the FBI whether to add someone to that list just based on their suspicion of what took place in the missing persons case. I, I believe so. Yeah. Okay. And with 95, that's a small pretty number. yeah that's they they must have a that is interesting process yeah. for figuring that out and determining who goes on that list which is makes it even more interesting that he's on it it's a very odd case yeah so i guess since we brought that bit up of vicap i guess go with the foul play theory i don't think someone would have followed him out there if foul play was involved i don't think it would be somebody that he knew that was planning to do this to him is there any pot farmers in the area or something like that where you maybe stumbled into the wrong place? Someone shot him by axe. I, I don't know. That oh shit leads me to believe he stumbled onto something. But like what? Like oh shit? Like he looks up, there's a guy pointing a gun at him, you think? <laughs> yeah, something like that. I don't know. But then hangs up before he shot because the phone got disconnected. If you're shot, the phone doesn't disconnect. No, I mean, maybe someone took the phone from him. Yeah. Well, maybe. There's like some small town rumor stuff regarding drugs and things like that. Mm. Um, some stuff I don't feel like mentioning, but there's no evidence to that. Cause it's just hearsay. Yeah. Rumor and innuendo. Yes. If you will. <laughs> I think it's possible that he could have stumbled on, maybe just stumbled onto someone's property and they didn't know who he was. You so know, the, I, yeah. there are farms out there. So mm-hmm. he could have stumbled onto someone's property that might've had problems with, you know, people stealing things and mm-hmm. got it. Accidentally shot them. There's also issues I read with illegal booby traps to catch animals like, um, like bear, bear traps and stuff like that. Yeah. To, in the like hunts or capture animals that you're not supposed to do okay. like an off season um, or for people too. there. There's 
you know, reports of that, that maybe he just stumbled into something like that. And then whoever did that, you know, hit his body or something. Mm-hmm. Or could have stumbled into someone burying a body. Could have stumbled into, you know, anything. Wrong place, wrong time. That luck. Yeah. You like walking through a field and there's someone else burying another body. Yeah. Right. And like, well, man, you to this pal. <laughs> Well, there's that there's that famous case, the the boys on the tracks one down in Arkansas that happened in either the really late 90s or early or really late 80s or early 90s, which that has all these twists and turns. And we'll do that case. But those two kids stumbled onto a drug deal happening. Mm. Yeah. I mean, they, they walked up onto it on accident and, you know, it goes from there. But but it doesn't explain why he didn't know where he was. Right. And there was, was there wouldn't weird. be anybody waiting for him or following him to hurt him. I don't, yeah. There's no evidence of that. Or is it something even crazier, like some sort of paranormal occurrence where he, he got scooped up? He got the old Barney Hill treatment. No, they never sent him back to have made him think that he was in the wrong location. I mean, we do. I don't know. We do believe things like Travis Walton. Travis Walton was missing for seven days and yeah. then just randomly popped back up. I don't know of any alien ones that, you know, people never show back up, but I guess how would you know? That's, what, that's why, <laughs> that's why you don't know. About <laughs> you, know? Them. you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. They're living in peaceful bliss on Alpha Centauri or something <laughs> right now. What's the the planet of the inter- Eternals? What did fucking realism? Oh, Claude, yeah. The, the, the bed and breakfast spa that he got sent to? Oh, yeah. He was like in that hot tub, but it was like not yeah. water. It was like a little thicker than water. Yeah. Maybe they're up there. The book that tells Get, the truth. Getting massages. <laughs> yeah. All of his books. <laughs> so I think, at least in my mind, foul play is is out of the question. But it's weird. Not out of the question. Yeah. Because the other thing that's weird, too, is that his fucking car is found so far away, but that the doors are left open and the keys are missing. Keys have never been found. Which I guess that makes sense. You usually take your keys with you. If you're going to be walking, but then right. you usually would shut your doors. Yeah. The fact that he did not shut his doors is very odd or door. I don't know if it was multiple doors. The FBI has it listed as doors with an S. Which is odd too. Yeah. Maybe someone else came across the car after he was gone and was just poking around. And I think that's, that's, that's possible. Yeah. I mean, it's just too many variables here to, it could have been anything. There's nothing to even There's, form a thought with. That's right. Not. There's no concrete. Right. Things here. The 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 only thing, the easiest thing to go on is initially he might have been intoxicated. Maybe. We don't know. We're speculating on that. But that's the only thing. Well, he was at parties and he was seen drinking at least something, a shot of whiskey. But then that doesn't explain the disappearance. Mm-mm. And that's it. That, that's it. But that, that whole bicap thing is fascinating. Like, why is he on that? Yeah. What do we not really know? Is. What do we not know? Yeah, I'd love to know why the FBI put him on there. Did you try calling him, trying to get a statement or anything? I didn't. Oh, all right. Maybe I can try. I'll follow up, I'll follow yeah. up next week. You're with the press. You can do that with the media. <laughs> hey, FBI. Yeah. I got hey. questions. Well, Please, stuff, FBI. Leave a, vo- leave a voicemail. <laughs> Hi, FBI. My name's Ian. I'm with Necronomapod. <laughs> it's two strange separate occurrences, and neither makes sense. But is one related to the other? If he would have just... Crashed his car, whatever, something happened. But when you add in there the fact that he thought he was 25 miles away, it just makes it that much stranger and unexplainable. 
But then they also what? They pinged his phone when he was talking with his parents over where his car was found. Right. Meaning he wasn't taken anywhere, at least that he was aware of. I don't know. Yeah. I think the most logical thing, at least in my mind, is that, you know, he said he could hear running water, but he couldn't see it because it was so dark. And then he says, oh, shit. That leads me to believe the simplest explanation is that he slipped and fell into the water and they just didn't find his body for some reason. I don't know. But but even before that split second or two, when the phone hits the water, wouldn't the dad have heard something like a, like a fall or him slipping or like a like a fall in your voice, like that panic of like, a oh, shit, like, you know. You're falling, maybe, or did he hit know. the hang up button just as he was falling? Yeah, or, maybe I, mean, I don't know. And it was going straight to voicemail, and there was a lot of debate on. You know, nowadays, if your phone dies and it goes straight to voicemail, it means it's it's off. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess back then, cell phones weren't like that. Sometimes um, it didn't necessarily have to be completely dead to go straight to voicemail. Mm-hmm. So there was some debate okay. on. How, you know the what the status of his phone really was like if yeah. it if it well, was broken like if, or yeah if you, if you called multiple times i feel like sometimes if you hang up that last call like didn't quite end yet and you're calling again mm-hmm. it goes straight to voicemail like the lines in use or something yeah i feel you like know, that's how old older phones yeah like the nokia's and stuff right yeah little flip phone days yeah maybe it's a wormhole opened up and slipped in I would definitely say, "Oh shit!" If I saw a wormhole right. up in front of me, like <laughs> a skinwalker hole in the in the air just opens up, and one of those things crawled out. What else are you gonna say? You're gonna be like, "Oh shit!" It's the appropriate response. I don't. Yeah, I don't think we're solving this one tonight. No, this is the first time. <laughs> first time we don't solve one. <laughs> and we talked about EquiSearch. You said you were telling me earlier that they have not searched. That whole potential search grid, yeah, only a small portion of it. Right. So what they say is like statistically people will be found in a 99 square mile radius. That's typically where people are found. That's 63,000 acres. That is a fuck ton of land to search. The last reporting I saw said that they had searched 40%. Okay. There was also some talk of... um, the weather conditions because it did get extremely cold we're in minnesota mm-hmm. for this in that based on the weather conditions and the animals in the area he could have uh decomposed to a skeleton within a week and at that point animals could take his bones and you know you're talking about an area statistically an area of sixty-three thousand acres mm-hmm. you know yeah that's completely possible sure it, and you would never know or, you know, never find anything. It's a sad story. It's very sad. Sound yeah. like a a young guy that had a lot going for him. It's got to be especially tough for the parents when you're on the phone like that and you're like, ah, you know, yeah, a helpless feeling. And then yeah. and then after the fact, just thinking over and over again, like, what could I have done differently? Right. What should I have told him to do? Did I tell him to do the wrong thing? Should I tell him to stay put? Right. Meanwhile, they were nowhere near where they thought yeah. they, they couldn't do anything. Yeah, kind of a helpless feeling. Sure. And that's like Brandon Lawson. He was saying that he could see his brother. Yeah. His brother's up on the highway. And like, if you can see me fucking Walk come out, out motherfucker, yeah. yeah. And, and I not, I read that some of the theories were like that Brandon Swanson did some, I think I brought it up earlier, that he did some drugs and, you know, had a bad reaction. There's no evidence of that. 
It's just people's theories trying to yeah. make sense of it. There was no history of him doing anything like right. that. I mean, right. that would be the only way to explain why he was so disoriented and didn't know where he was. I can't think of another reason why. The only thing that. I could think of is that he was more intoxicated than everybody thought. Mm-hmm. He drove the wrong way. He's heading. Somehow he got twisted around and he realized that he was going the wrong way or something. And then he tried to turn around and got stuck in a ditch. But if you realized he was going the wrong way, why would you tell your parents, hey, I'm right here? Yeah, that's true. Come get me. What if he hit his head and was concussed from a result of this crash? There was no signs that he was injured in the car. I'm not saying he wasn't, but that's yeah. Like, what if he smacked his head on the yeah. on the steering window. wheel, yeah, and had or, a concussion oh, or anything? Yeah, and he, but he realized he's fine. You don't, you know, you don't, you don't often realize you're concussed, right? Maybe his parents didn't. You know, maybe he was speaking fine, but maybe that yeah, he didn't sound drunk, but they didn't know he was concussed. Maybe that's the disorientation where he didn't realize where he was, telling them the wrong spot, you know, walking away like that. Maybe that was it. Was there damage to the car? Did we say when they found it? No, like it was just it, stuck. There was nothing that would make it like that. He wouldn't be able to drive it once he got it out. Yeah. But you could bounce your head off of the steering wheel. Sure. Without I'm not saying there is bending isn't. it in half. I wasn't sure if there was some kind of impact damage that they, they might've discovered or like, depending on which way you could hit the side of your head off the window. Yeah, yeah. sure. So maybe he really, maybe I mean, that's why he didn't know where concussion was. If it was bad yeah. enough, like that's my new working theory. And then what that he just, he just said he just he sat there and kind of like what, tried like, to sober up yeah, for a while, for a couple hours, or maybe maybe it's maybe the concussion got worse. Maybe he was unconscious. Maybe he was unconscious he for a little bit, and then didn't realize he was like that. So he was talking to his parents, like, "Yeah, I'm fine." The elapsed time maybe contributed to why he thought he was in a different location. I don't know. There's just nothing to go to feel confident going any which way on. So it's just you know it's going to be theory and theory and theory and. That's it. And if you're walking around like that with your concussion, who knows what you stumbled into or fell into or I don't know. Or just got dizzy and passed out. You know, maybe. And the animals got you. All right. That's my working theory. <laughs> concussion related <laughs> something. Following up with his parents on March 12th, 2009, Brian and Annette Swanson spoke before the house to help expand the Minnesota's Missing Children's Act so it can help missing and endangered adults. The bill was named Brandon's Law and would get rid of waiting periods when adults disappear under suspicious circumstances or when young adults up to age 21 are reported missing under most circumstances. On May 6, 2009, Governor Tim Pawlenty signed the bill into law. Uh, The effect of the change also required that police notify other nearby law enforcement agencies right away that that person had been reported missing. Brandon's law also clarifies that the agency taking the report is the lead agency investigating the case, so no one can pass the buck on who is responsible. Police are also no longer allowed to refuse a report based on an initial belief that no criminal activity was involved. I would argue that that law should probably be passed nationwide, but there are uh, exactly. there are only four states in total that have adopted this law. Mm. It's a pretty good law. Yeah, that's a nice outcome to this. You know, he's had, yeah. his parents got this law for him, uh, and that and that is what happened with the Porter Police Department. Um, 
the Lind Police Department and I believe the Taunton Police Department. Everybody kind of argued about whose responsibility this was, kind of passing the buck to each other. Mm, you don't say. There was some confusion as to who was responsible for the searches, the initial search and stuff like that. Well, but I mean, that makes sense. There was some confusion on where he was. So I don't know. Yeah. But based on this law, Lind would be responsible for everything. Because they took the initial report. Right. They can't say like, oh, yeah, well. You better get them fellers over in Taunton out there looking (laughs) for him. (laughs) Yeah, I don't. I don't have any other answers. There's no concrete ideas. evidence to go on here. I'm going with my new concussion theory. It could be. I still think maybe alcohol was involved with him getting turned around and not where he was, but then that doesn't explain anything else. Neither, neither is the mm. concussion necessarily. Mm. It explains why they're he's mixed up and lost. But then, you know, what happened? Yeah. I know I said earlier the water seems like the most logical thing to me. Because he could hear running water, you know, and he says, oh, shit, like he could have slipped. Mm-hmm. But then the how thoroughly that river was searched and they dammed it off in certain spots to drain it. And, you know, people way, you know, smarter than me and in that kind of stuff, the outdoors things and searching for mm-hmm. things that, you know, do that for a career. Like, yeah, no, unless he got drowned and then the animals ate him downstream or something. I guess you would expect to find something. Yeah. Something. Yeah. Yeah. A bit of clothes. Something. It's just like he went up in smoke. Gone. Yeah. Nothing has ever been found. No trace. No trace of him. It's got that missing 411-esque feel to it. Just. You're just gone. Just gone. But with that added twist of the oh shit. Yeah. Which with some of the missing 411s, they don't have that, right? Like they just turn around and that person walking behind you is gone. But maybe if you were on the phone with one of those people when missing four. No, no, sure. And I'm just saying that's oh, shit. That adds an a- extra little <laughs> yeah. like, you know, twist to this that an eerie twist. Yeah. That, you know, he he knew something was wrong for at least a second. No, I don't know. Whatever it might be. Maybe he just, you know, rolled his ankle. I don't know. But sure. Oh, shit's a phrase uh, applicable in many scenarios. Yeah. And like I said earlier, we we're talking about the boys on the tracks case. It's completely possible to walk into something that you should not have walked into absolutely especially in these were in rural areas like that in that case down in arkansas middle of nowhere arkansas there's some fuckery going on there's in a lot those of places going on. <laughs> yeah bill I'll, clinton was in on that fuckery in that case he was governor at the time well it's never been proved <laughs> all right anything else on this one we good is there any final I thoughts? I think we're at a dead end. I here. think we just keep circling the wagons for over and over. We're not going to come to anything. And we're not solving it tonight. Yeah. But uh, yeah, like see what you guys think. I don't know. Beating a drunk dick. Nothing's going to come of it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Is that what you teach in your cuck seminar? <laughs> well, I don't teach cuck seminar. I teach how to be a bull. <laughs> and if you're going to be a bull, you should never be so drunk that you're flaccid. Hmm. At least pop a blue chew, right? Sure. You lose bull status when your your dangle is just dangling, right? Like that's not impressive. Uh, probably not. So come on. Anyways, I, I'm not giving away any more shit here. Come take my <laughs> seminar. We'll be in Raleigh next month. It's a Saturday, Sunday, noon to six. Bring your bring your own lunch. We ain't paying for that. So, all right, we got uh we got a lot of patrons to shout out that off week. Uh, 
really backed us up on uh, patron shout outs. Happy to do it. Here we go. Thank you very much to Hugh Janus, <laughs> Jesse Wood, Amber, Jocelyn Hargraves, Pecker Officer Schmegma of the Seaman Fleet. <laughs> These guys. Sounds very important. <laughs> Highly decorated. <laughs> Stephen Hunt, ADW1216, Epstein's Eggcock, Steakums. Ooh, Steakums. I haven't had that good. in a while. And a nice hoagie roll. Nicholas DeMeyer, Endangered Cuckatoo, Lucas Eisner, Ava, Marcus the Beard, Diet Milkshake, Kindle Cowley, Nikki Rianne, Rianne, Kai, Andy Gerard, Ben, Ethan Parker, Justine, Tim Dunshee, Matt, Colin J. Byrne, Neshoba Watson, Jamie Hayes, Clyde Griffiths, Jamie Cuthbertson, Anita Handjob. <laughs> Dave, is that you? No, it's not me. <laughs> Did you throw one in here? Maybe. <laughs> I picked that one as you because you were laughing as I was saying it. And usually you like to laugh at your own jokes. Oh, pretty no. early. I was reading the list along. Oh, you're going with me. Funny. <laughs> Ryan Cooper, Garrett Reed, Billy Joel's Not a Ho. Gostafari, the tribe of Booblove. What does that even mean? <laughs> no where, do, where do people come up with this shit? Colin Winkleman, Caitlin H, Marbles, Zoe Taylor, Jennifer Murphy, Brooke Be- Be- Beamish, Omar Green, Ed, Makeda Ladakok, Makai. M- Mikeda Ladakok. Mikeda, got it. <laughs> was that one you did? That one was one. Sorry. <laughs> Mikeda Ladakok. <laughs> uh, PNW Rainier. I still want to try Rainier beer, right? Isn't that what they have in the Pacific Northwest? I believe that's right, yeah. I want to try that. The Spider Lady. College Mike's Krusty Smegma. A lot of schmegma uh, names here tonight. Yeah. It's unusual. <laughs> Shane Olson, Amy Green, Taylor Brantley, Dylan Freeman, Frederick W., Connor, April Cox, Sean Lee, Haston, Helen Wilkins, Mike's College Fling, number 67. <laughs> I remember her. <laughs> Carolyn Pepler, Mitchell Bruno Fredrickson. The Doomslayer, assistant to the Cum Commander. Oh, the Cum Commander's assistant now? <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> the guy's recruiting people all over the place. The whole fucking it. troop signing up. I think it's great. <laughs> it's the same person just quitting and rejoining every month. <laughs> Scroda, consumer of cum. <laughs> Scroda, comma, consumer of cum. Troy Shuker, Jay Garcia, 98. Noah, Krista Schmidt. Emily Klaus, Drew Foster, Rachel Matasuka, Bella McDonald, Rugby Bree, Cortland Grimm, Lady P. Donut, Jackson G., Tristan Eichels, Bambi242, Adrian Fusilier, A.B. Normal, Mike Fucked My Mom in College, Now I Listen to His Podcast. <laughs> Son, <laughs> that's 
a good shirt. We don't have to make those shirts. <laughs> Angelica Renaud, Jessica Monroe, Jared A. Bibbs, Rachel Kathleen, Christopher Hodge, Genevieve Forrest, Tess Miranda, Fanny Marachi, William Jacobson, Frank Toon, Michelle Hilson, Namapod Junkies, Anthony, Elena Konis, Karen Anquilaire, Live, Laugh, Jerk Off, <laughs> Olive Mockingjay, Christina Gonzalez, You Can't Park There, Random, L. Schlong Hummer, Caitlin Corbin, Matt Dorner, Skeletor, UFC Ultimate Fisting Championship, <laughs> Emily Holmes, that sounds like Ultimate Surrender, <laughs> Emily Holmes, Luca Walton, Herb B- Herbiever Smells, <laughs> Lindsay Tucker, Mike is a box muncher. Dave, how many of these were you? <laughs> Just my one. Mike, Mike hate a lot of cock. That's the only one I do. All right. You, the beaver one was not you? Absolutely Herb, not. Smells. Absolutely not. These people are clever, more clever than I am. Mike is a box muncher. I said Lindsay Tucker. Sabrina Mauer, David Mars, Mar- Mariscal, and Welder, Ge- Welder Gina. <laughs> Maybe it's Welder Gina. But <laughs> these people. Is, uh, how many of them... Pay us money just for me to say those names. And then they quit. They don't even listen to the bonus. I mean, I'll take that month of pay, I guess. But I'm hoping they would at least listen to the bonus shows. Anyway, sorry. I think it was a new record. 111 names. That was a lot. Uh, So anyways, thank you all very much. We appreciate uh, appreciate it. Well, 110 names. And then the Dave one. Whatever. <laughs> Dave, Dave pays each month to sign up under a gimmicked uh, email. Ian, what do you got? Uh, for iTunes, I have one for GUI, which this one's interesting. I kind of want to go back and listen to West Memphis 3 for this. Uh, they said, I'm wondering, though, in the third West Memphis episode, there was mention about merchandise with Mike's semen sewn into it. When will this be available? What the fuck? <laughs> How do you sew semen into merchandise? What the hell were we talking about? I don't know. I think I'm going to go back and listen to the third part of that. See what that's all about. Really ridiculous. Look, if you want to buy a shirt, I'll jerk off on it for you before we send it. Yeah. I don't know how that's. But, I don't know what that plan was. We're not we came sewing up. it in. Jesus. We hire a seamstress. She takes samples of my cum and sews it into shirts. His, Mike's jizz is so thick and voluminous. Like he can put sewing needles through it and it maintains its shape. Um, Mike JB2, Verizon user 111. Mark versus food is back on here. Uh, two star mark, you mean? Yeah, two star mark. With a five star wife. <laughs> Per her Cucks Across America review. I'm Valentine. Mike's Taint. Laura Loves the Boys. Cassie Pop. AS Media. Maddie Nort. 121664. Stephanie Sue. And yours truly, 9311. Thank you guys for the awesome reviews. It's a good amount of reviews. Yeah. I think I might have read some from the last week, but I don't really remember. That's all right. Dave, what do we got internationally? Internationally, we have Nevin Hewitt and Manu. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Where are they from? Uh, Canada and Great Britain, respectively. 
We are on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube at Necronomapod, Amazon.com, search Necronomapod for all of our merch, t-shirts, hoodies, long sleeves, and such. Patreon.com slash Necronomapod for all of our bonus content. And Necronomapod.com. I believe we have stickers still available. Sure do. And uh, so we'll get koozies soon. We're in the process. One day. One day we'll have koozies back. Um, the, the, your CPS system, uh, your clip positioning system, <laughs> still out of stock. I, be, I don't. I believe that's out of commission. Like, that's it. <laughs> I don't it's think it's ever coming back. Yeah. That was it. Mm. But um, the reviews were uh, stupendous on those. The, the few people that got their hands on it before it went out of stock, they love it. It was. It was proven that they do not exist because those machines, which were <laughs> tested by scientists, <laughs> could not determine. Uh, confidently that a clit exists. So, you know, that's your theory on how the yeah. well, system works. You know, it's science, Dave, but that's okay. I don't know a lot of people don't believe in science <laughs> these days. Um, okay, thank you guys so much. Episode two hundred next week. Hey, how about that? A wow. milestone. Ooh, we do something completely fucking goofy. You want me to do a wrestling episode for that one? That'd be so funny. You know, right? <laughs> People be so some pissed. random shit. <laughs> <laughs> like why the Hebners were fired from WWF. <laughs> <laughs> Just going to this weird t-shirt scandal. <laughs> oh my God, that'd be so great. <laughs> Yeah, people love it. <laughs> like, we hype it up as like a huge 200 episode, and it's fucking that. Earl Hebner selling t shirts out of his that's, trunk. That's the best. Is that Ian just sums up as like, you know, some weird t shirt scandal. <laughs> yep, that, that sums it up. That is it. <laughs> now you know the story. <laughs> All right, you guys ready for a cool down beer? Cheers. <laughs>